Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the All About the Charles podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining in. So for this episode, I'll mainly just be discussing the Vegas GP. I know that I haven't discussed the Brazilian GP, and mainly I didn't want to do that because of the horrible, horrible result on Sunday. Nevertheless, I'll still make an episode about it further in the future, but for for right now, I really just want to focus on the Las Vegas GP. And man, oh man, I, I have to say that true to Vegas, this GP had it had it all from its ups and downs to its highs and lows to ultimately for any Charles Leclerc fan or any Ferrari fan, just a complete heartbreak at the end of the race. I mean, I really, really believed. And I, at this point, I don't even think it was like anything to do with hopium or copium. I honestly, truly believed that a win was definitely achievable here by Ferrari and by Charles. And and even though I think Charles really drove his heart out and drove in a magnificent style by the end of the race, I I, I'm, I was still very heartbroken by the fact that he wasn't able to win it. I do think that he m- more than deserved it. And he truly had, had earned that rise to be number one for the entire race. But yeah, there's so many things to unpack here, starting from FP1, the whole Carlos Sainz penalty con- controversy, the manhole cover. I'll even jump a little bit into the to- Toto's arguments and just his rant on, on the pre- on the press conference for team from team bosses for the FIA to you know just kind of like my own thoughts on the whole thing up to qualifying and then the main race on Sunday, which I I, I do have to say, I think offered maybe the best race out of all the season, if if not maybe close to Singapore. But honestly, yeah, this this was an, a truly magnificent spectacle. And again, just true to Vegas, was completely unexpected and just, com- just a complete wild ride for anyone watching it. So again, guys, thank you so much for joining in. And as always, feel free to share your thoughts and opinions in the comments below. Thank you so much. But let's immediately dive into this. And I think we need to first start addressing the Vegas GP in itself. And I think that a lot of the drivers and team bosses have already made this point. And I think it's really the only point to be made about the weekend itself. And that is that they're in Formula One, there, I think there very much are different sides. I think for the sports side, there's always the politics side, the engineering side, and the driver side. And I think for F1, there's definitely two sides of the coin here. You know, there's the show side and there's the sports side. And I don't think we can look at Vegas without making this argument and without making the point that although Vegas, and I think any F1 fan can attest to this, was kind of like hyped up to be the most glamorous, the the biggest spectacle for the 2023 season with the fact that drivers were going to be driving in the Vegas trip, going through these amazing hotels, the Bellagio, the MGM, driving around the fake Eiffel Tower and the Sphere, and just the power of celebrity, the celebrities that were going to attend to the event. Again, I think a lot of drivers and a lot of teams were already kind of expecting, and even fans were kind of expecting that this was going to be the most hyped up event of Formula One. However, I do have to say that, you know, just and and I think I'm going to immediately jump here into a lot of events and topics discussed throughout the weekend from Toto's rant in the in the team's drivers conference 
where a journalist simply just kind of mentioned the fact that this does kind of put a black eye on when FP when FP one happened. It that kind of did put a black eye on the sports on the on the event itself on the on the show side of the event. And you know, I think for me, seeing the complete rant and just anger arguments that Toto was just kind of spewing to the journalist saying that it's such a bad thing that this doesn't really put a black eye, that the weekend was not done, that the main race on Sunday was kind of like more or less everything, just kind of like the the whole, it's just kind of like the main or the most important part of the weekend. I think, okay, I think there's, I think there's a lot here to say about Toto. First, by just addressing the fact that I do strongly believe that if it would have been any of his drivers, if it would have been Lewis or Russell who had had the accident, I am 100% sure that his attitude, his opinion and perspective on the whole incident would have been completely different and not at all defending Liberty Media the way he did. And then I think the second point here to be made is that I don't think at any point the journalist itself made any argument or point that, you know, the work and the merit that Liberty Media and everyone put into com- into making the Vegas GP come to life. It's not something that was commended or what was not recognized at that point or was being even bashed by the journalist. I don't think that point was made anywhere during the conference. And and I think Toto really just misjudged that because again, I do think that when it comes to F1, there needs to be a separation between the show and the sport. And what happened in F1 practice was, by many people's accounts, non-Ferrari fans, Ferrari fans, Carlos fans, not, not, not Carlos fans, even the own drivers themselves, an admission that what happened was completely unacceptable by F1 standards. And I think this is just fair to say. I mean, look, if, if you're a Liberty Media or anyone else and you're kind of trying to put up a Formula One race in your country, in your city wherever it is that you might might want to do that, let's be adults about this. And let's just acknowledge the fact that in order to do this, there are requirements and there are things that you need to do that are up to the standards of every other race currently in the F1 calendar. And again, I'm not saying that Vegas didn't fulfill this. I, I do think that the entire work that went into creating a GP in a year was incredible. But it wasn't without its consequences and without its bad reputation. I mean, you could clearly see a lot of, you know, a lot of news articles, a lot of reporting going into the fact that this caused huge problem for the city of Las Vegas and for its workers. Again, I think the fact that, you know, in FP1, the manhole cover, even though that was not something that was expected, it's, it's, it is something that ultimately should never have happened. And the consequences to Carlos's car and ultimately the 10 grid penalty that he received was just a complete joke and an unacceptable fact by everyone's standards, even by the by the FIA's own admission that if they could have the power, which this is just ridiculous. And I'm, I think I'm, I might go into another rant or just into a different point here about the fact that the FIA throughout the whole season has been a massive joke, a massive joke, making really completely ridiculous calls or just apps or not even making them. And I'm thinking here on the Austrian GP where they had to review hundreds of cases of people going into track limits. I'm thinking Singapore where Max Verstappen didn't receive a penalty because Yuki Sonora didn't go in for the stewards. I mean, 
the FIA really needs to work on a lot of things, if not itself, to really correct a lot of the mistakes that are that are happening in F1. And I think, again, this is not something that is just mentioned by me. It's something that's mentioned by drivers, even by Max's own own words when, when he was in a press conference with Charles and Carlos after qualifying. He said that there needs to be a review by the FIA into how they can correct these mistakes. Because, yeah, I mean, what happened to Carlos in FP1 was absurd, was completely unacceptable by everyone's standards. And this is not saying that, again, the GP wasn't, like, people were not celebrating the work that went into the GP. People were not appreciative of the work. But just, I think, in terms of, like, the the disruption to the city, the fact that this happened to Carlos, and ultimately, I do think it could have, it cost Ferrari's win on the race, and I'll get it more into that. And I think just the fact that, Again, this is this is something that the FIA, in their own words, kind of admitted to the fact that if they had the power, which I think they do, to kind of like revert the situation and not penalize Carlos for what happened, this, again, it's, it just blows my mind that none of it happened. And so I think ultimately the the points that the drivers and the team team bosses made regarding the fact that in, in F1, there needs to be a separation between what's the show and what's the sporting event, I think is kind of like the most accurate argument to make. I think that Vegas offered a, an amazing venue, probably, again, the the most showbiz venue for F1 to create an, a race in their calendar. But ultimately, I do think that there is a black eye that ultimately will remain from from the weekend itself. And again, this is not saying that the race was not amazing. The race was completely amazing, and I'll get into that in a few seconds. But I do think that there needs to be corrections for next year. And yeah, I think just a lot, I think that the argument made by drivers and team bosses really needs to, really needs to be addressed. And that, again, not only the FIA needs to make changes, the track itself needs to make some changes. And I hope that, yeah, coming into next year, there, there can, like, accidents like this will be averted. Accidents like this won't happen. And, yeah, I feel like maybe if we could have a same level of race that we had for this one, it will be completely amazing. But I do think that this point deserved to be made because I think there was a lot into the Vegas GP that went into it that needed to be addressed. And I do think that this point was particularly important to mention. But nevertheless... I will get into Charles's review in itself, the, his race, the race in itself, qualifying mainly in the race, but I did want to address this, so thank you guys. But yeah, I think putting aside the Vegas GP, and I think maybe the last point that I'll make into that before I jump into actually analyzing the performance of Charles and the other teams and drivers, I think another thing that was just kind of like a black eye on the whole sport was that, again, because of the F1, FP1 accident, FP2 was delayed, people were just kind of thrown out of the of the racetrack because they weren't allowed to be there. So I think, again, yeah, just the last point I'll make about this is that, you know, there needs to be a differentiation of the show side and the sports side of F1. But again, just wanted to make that last point. But putting aside that whole debacle, that whole debate, just jumping into the, the race and driver's performance, I think... Again, I'll just mention this because I do think it needs to be said that even if you're not a Ferrari fan, even if you're not a Charles fan, I do think that there was a consensus or I think at least people will admit that Ferrari had a real promise that they could actually win this. 
And I'm not talking about this, again, as I said, on a hopium or copium perspective. I genuinely believe that watching Charles's development and his performance on FP1, well, FP2 and FP3, and into qualifying, this showed huge promise from them. And again, I know that Ferrari is always good on qualifying on a one-lap one race performance, you know, but I do think that if you were to have watched the fact, I, I mean, I just, again, thinking about Vegas, you know, the track suited their car so well. The fact that the temperature was lower, the fact that Ferrari, I think Ferrari were going to have the ability to maybe drive or use the engine more, even though Carlos had some difficulties on that with the race. But ultimately, I do think that this race suited the car a lot more. And you could see that with Charles's performance, again, on, on practice and on qualifying. And it, it was amazing to see. It was amazing to see that in practice, Charles was kind of like having maybe half a second difference between him and Carlos if he was the second driver there or Max Verstappen. And even in qualifying, I mean, the fact that Charles was maybe, I think, I think it was like maybe four tenths of a second up from like, yeah, away from Verstappen really just showed the fact that, you know, there was huge promise coming into this weekend. There was huge promise for Ferrari, for Charles. Tire degradation was a problem. I wasn't, I think that more than anything as drivers were mentioning the the grinding or the graining of the tires was a difficulty, even though I was kind of expecting them that the tire degradation to be less of a factor because of the weather. But ultimately it did end up being a huge thing come race on Sunday. But I have to say that it was just amazing to once again see Charles perform so well for Ferrari, get the pole position on Saturday, have that huge celebration with the team and the huge, huge hopes, you know, just building on the whole weekend and coming into the race on Sunday. And yeah, I mean, again, uh, this is a race that I was not really maybe expecting Ferrari to be so competitive or so good at. I was just mainly because of the fact that there, the, the long straights, I was kind of thinking that maybe Red Bull still had the upper hand for that. But, I mean, it was amazing to see the fact that, you know, they were actually competitive. In, in not just, I, I would say, not just Ferrari, not just Charles, but all other teams, Williams, Haas, even Alpine and Alfa Romeo, Ultimately, for qualifying, I think that it was mentioned that there were eight different teams in the top 10 after qualifying. And I think this was, I mean, I, th I think the great aspect come qualifying and race on Sunday was that there really was an unpredictability into what could happen for this race. E even with practice, there wasn't this clear indication that, oh, you know, Red Bull was just going to be faster and they were just going to win, even though I think Again, with the season, that's more or less the expectation or the recurring idea or just, yeah, the, the ultimate outcome that did happen on Sunday. But there was this huge, I would say, wave of unpredictability that really drove the anticipation and suspense of the race a lot more than, than any other races, I'll say, throughout the season. You know, that the fact that, again, just... Red Bull were not just being the dominant team, but that so many other teams were able to qualify for Q3. You know, obviously McLaren's went out in Q3, Paris and Hamilton out in Q2, and you had the Alpines, the Hasses, I think the Alfa Romeos, the Ferraris and the, and the Red Bulls in there, even the Mercedes. 
But yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, that was a huge gratifying aspect of the whole race because I, it built up, I would say, once again, just an, um, a huge suspense on the fact that there really was no way to predict this. And again, I, I do think that's why a lot of people were more or less predicting or just kind of like affirming the fact that there was this huge potential for Charles and for Ferrari to actually win it. And ultimately, I do have to say, and maybe I'll just discuss this at this point, is that it I, I do believe that if Carlos were not to have received that penalty and if were, were Carlos not to have had the, that incident in FP1, I do think that if Ferrari would have started on a 1-2, I do believe that maybe the victory could have been ascertained by Charles and by Carlos. I think both of them, similar to Singapore, would have worked together really well to keep the Red Bulls, to keep the Mercedes behind them and just let Charles have a really great race. And ultimately, I do think that if the the strategy, if things were to, get, were to have gone that way, I do believe that the win was a, poss- a, a, a damn near possibility for Charles. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say this knowing that Carlos was very disappointed in the sport, was very much frustrated with the fact that he wasn't starting P2. And yeah, I do think that if things were to have been different, if things were not to have happened that way, I do think that the victory for Ferrari would have been more or less ascertained than in previous races. So it is a shame that things obviously didn't go that way. I do think that, again, this is for me what causes sort of that black eye for the weekend, even though the race in itself was amazing. And I'll ju- I'll, again, I'll just maybe jump into that now. But for the race itself, I mean, yeah, I think... I think a good way to like also express this race is that it was very much a redemption on the whole weekend. You know, just again, maybe going into some of the difficult topics to discuss around the Vegas GP, the F1 practice fiasco, the news articles kind of calling the whole event as something that was incredibly disorganized and really poorly planned, the the penalty for Carlos, fans getting kicked out. I mean, there was just this huge, and I'll, again, I don't mean to keep repeating on this, but I think there was this huge disillusionment of like coming into the weekend, what people were expecting. Qualifying really drove up that kind of like um, that, yeah, the suspense and the and the emotion for fans. But the race really redeemed the whole situation, and and yeah, I mean, it was a bit tough to see Charles not have such a great start. I do think that. I was, yeah, I mean, even though the the point with Max was addressed later, the fact that he almost went into Charles and Charles just kind of had to go out of the track to prevent from crashing into him and ultimately Max just getting that five-second penalty, it was kind of tough to see Charles getting passed by Max. But again, I mean, looking at his performance on the race, Charles was able to keep up with Max and ultimately really pass him on pure merit and pure pace. I don't know the the lap where Charles was able to once again pass Max, but it was amazing to see that on on true pace, on just pure pace, Charles ultimately was able to keep the gap between him and Max to, I believe it was maybe two or three seconds. I don't think it ever extended to more. So I was kind of pleased again to see that the Ferrari was actually having some truly amazing pace for the race. And ultimately, when Charles did pass Max on pure merit, he was even able to keep those medium tires going for more than 
20 laps, which the I think the the predicted number of laps that the medium tires could do was between 14 and 20. So for me, it was a huge, yeah, I think it was just a huge merit to see Charles really keep the tires alive, really keep driving on those mediums and watching Max put on the hard ones a, a few laps before he actually did was just an amazing thing to see. But yeah, I mean, the fact that, but the fact remains that the, the start also was very chaotic. A lot of drivers spinning Alonso, Carlos, it was hard to see Carlos spin with the fact that, you know, the the kind of weekend he had, it was just a bit hard to see him spin. And ultimately, yeah, there was tons of other crashes. I think Barrios also had some damage to his swing and ultimately had to come in on, on the safety car once the safety car came out. And yeah, I mean, just completely reshuffled the order of the grid, having Max first, then Charles. And then a lot of other cars who were beginning, I think, on higher positions ultimately had to come in for damage or just to change tires to hard ones. And so I, th I think, yeah, I mean, again, just thinking about the whole thing, the start was a bit, yeah, a bit sad just in, this, in, in terms of seeing Charles get overtaken by Max. But again, really happy that Charles had the pace and performance to, to retake the leadership of the race after I think it was like maybe 15 or 16 laps. The reshuffling of the race was also kind of a bummer, especially for Carlos, who I think would have been able to maybe have a really good recovery drive were him not to have spun on the opening lap. And yeah, I mean, ultimately that whole reshuffling really did cause the grid in itself to just have everyone to just be in, in opposite positions to where more or less they started and just, again, caused a lot of team strategies to really change basically from the beginning of the race. But, I mean, yeah, I think ultimately the race in itself was just an amazing thing to see. And I think, and as much as it pains to say this for me, I think that Charles had an amazing pace. I think that really where things kind of more or less came undone for him was with the incident that Max and Russell had. I think it was by lap 25 or 26. This really allowed Checo because once Charles came in to swap his medium tires for hard tires, he ult Checo ultimately was able to build up a 15-second gap to Charles. And so with the incident between Max and Russell by lap, I think was 25 or 26, more or less towards the middle of the race, this really allowed Checo to have a free pit stop going into new hard tires. And ultimately, Charles was kind of like at the disadvantage because Max also went in for a new set of hard tires. And I think, I think, yeah, I think just in this situation, the team strategy for Charles was the right one. I think that a lot of the, the right decisions were made. I don't know if maybe if Charles coming in to get a new set of hard ones would have been the best decision at this point. I, I think it was just a better decision to keep track position instead of going in for new tires. And I think for me, ultimately, yeah, I think this is the this is the moment in the race where things really came undone for Charles because ultimately Max and Checo were able to have new hard tires that were five laps, five old lap hard tires by that point, and and Max and Checo had new ones, and so I think this is the reason that ultimately they were able to pass him. But and I'll continue mentioning this. I think that Charles still drove such a powerful and amazing race. I mean, even with the fact that he had five lap old tires compared to Checo and Max, I think he was still able to keep them honest. And I think that even overtaking him was not as an easy thing to do 
as the Red Bull drivers expected. And I think really the for me the the, the most amazing point was just how incredible Charles was able to pass Checo literally on the last lap on the race and get P2 from him. I mean, if that is not the overtake of the year, I'm not even going to say month, I don't know what is. For me, watching that just really demonstrated the the heart, the passion, and just the, the strength that Charles had in that drive to get P2 from Checo at the end was just magnificent to see. And again, just really, really proved and demonstrated his just his amazing driving style. But yeah, I think ultimately the race really did offer everything that, you know, just kind of made up for everything that had happened previous on the weekend. The amount of overtakes there were, the changes in in leadership as to who was leading the race and not. And I think, yeah, even though victory was not attained by Charles or Ferrari, I do think that, as he mentioned, it was truly an amazing race to see. And even though he didn't came out with the win, I, I'm, I am happy that, as Charles mentioned, the race was so entertaining for everyone. It was so fun to drive. And and I think for me, you know, just kind of like the, the silver linings, the positive side to take from this is that Charles really drove an amazing race. He was driver of the day. He had, he still took P2 from Checo at the end. And I think for me also is that, you know, Carlos was also able to recover even going past the Mercedes, both Hamilton and Russell. And at this point, really for me, you know, even though I, I mentioned a couple of races past that I wanted Lewis to win P2 from Checo in the constructors, I don't think that's <laughs> longer any possibility. But I think for me really right now is that I, I'm hoping here that Ferrari going into the last weekend in Abu Dhabi, that they are able to win P2 in the constructors from Mercedes. And I think, yeah, I think I know my feelings change race to race. <laughs> I think in this sport, feelings change all the times. But yeah, I mean, even though I wanted Lewis to maybe take P2 from Checo and the constructors, even though that's no longer a possibility anymore, I I wouldn't even like that to happen at this point. I think for me and my, my opinion towards Mercedes, especially this weekend, has definitely dropped or just become worse, worsened, I would say. Not to the point that I maybe hate them as much as I do Red Bull and Max, but but definitely, yeah, something that I, I hope at this point, going into Abu Dhabi, Ferrari are able to take that P2 away from them and kind of hurt their ego a little bit more. And, and yeah, I think just now, kind of just thinking into Abu Dhabi, you know, it's not going to be Vegas. Track's going to be definitely a lot higher temperatures. Tire degradation is also going to be a big thing. And I think, but yeah, I think maybe... Going back to last year, I do think that still Charles and the team were able to have a good performance there. So I'm hoping that they're also able to more or less repeat the same, get those four points they need, and just really hurt Mercedes just a tiny bit more towards the end of the season. And and yeah, I mean, on the end, I think that the Vegas GP really promised everything that it was more or less hyping up to be. I think everyone will agree that maybe it was possibly the best race of the season and and I think for me yeah even though that victory was not being was not able to be reached by Ferrari and and Charles I was still very much pleased about it and so yeah I mean hopefully we can have a different situation next year but for now let's just see what happens in Abu Dhabi hopefully again Ferrari can take that P2 in the constructors from Mercedes but we'll obviously get the answer to it this weekend. But thank you guys once again for joining in. As always, if you have any opinions on 
any of the things that I just mentioned, please be sure to please be sure to share them. I'll I always want to know. But once again, guys, thank you so much and keep being amazing fans. Yeah.